0: This is Dr. Benny Tate, and I would like to thank you for tuning in to this week's message at Rock Springs Church. Wherever you are, I hope that this message encourages you and helps you grow in your walk with God. Here's this week's message from Rock Springs Church. continue preaching about better together. Better together because I believe that we need one another. I believe we need each other. I need you, you need me. We need one another. Colossians chapter 1 verse 9. This is what Paul said to the church at Colossae. I'll just lay the groundwork. Colossians, there's a book of Colossians. Explain to you why. Because in Acts chapter 19 a church was established called the Church at Ephesus. There was a man there, Epaphras. Epaphras was, was there and he accepted Christ. And he goes a hundred miles east and he establishes a church. It's the Colossian Church hundred miles east, he established a church, and they started having some problems in the church. And by the way, if you have people, you're going to have problems. Amen? Some people give an aspirin a headache. If you've got people, you're going to have problems. All right, it just goes with it. Pastors will say to me, I resigned my church. Why? Well, we had problems. I've never known of a time you didn't have problems. Amen? I mean, get real, if you're dealing with people, you're going to have problems. I mean, if you're in in a marriage, you're going to have problems. Can you imagine being married to somebody who's as opinionated as I am? If you've got people, you're going to have problems, amen? Sure you are. Well, look what the Bible says. This is what Paul said to him. For this cause we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you and to desire that you might be filled with the knowledge of his will and all wisdom and spiritual understanding, that you might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work, and increasing in the knowledge of God. Strengthened with all might according to his glorious power unto all patience and long suffering with joyfulness. Giving thanks unto the Father, which hath made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light. I want to talk to you about prayer is better together. Prayer is better together. When I was a boy, my mother had some uh, pictures and things in the home. And what was big in the day when I was growing up, they would have these parties. The ladies would come together. And I don't even know that they do this now, but they would have home interior parties. Does anybody remember that other than me? I don't know if they still do that, but they would have home interior parties. And we had this picture in our home. That was the picture. That was the picture. I, I, never, I never knew anything about that picture, but it was, it was praying hands. But here's what I found out. That picture goes back 500 years. That portrait, that painting goes back 500 years to Luxembourg, Germany. It actually goes back to a family called the Deerer family. The Deer family. It was a man and woman who had 18 children. Now, boy, they got into Be Fruitful and Multiply, amen? I mean, they had 18 children. I obviously didn't own a TV. 18 children. Now, the two oldest, they were a poor family, you understand. The two oldest was a boy named Albrecht and Albert. And Albrecht and Albert wanted to go to college. They both wanted to be artists. They wanted to be painters. But they were very poor. So they got together and they said, I'll tell you what. One of us can go to college, and the other one can work in the mines and help provide resources. So to decide decide which one would go to college and which one would stay back, they said, we'll flip a coin. And the one who wins the coin will go away to college for four years. And then when he gets back, the other one will go to college and work on becoming an artist, a painter. So they did just that. They flipped the coin, Albrecht won, Albrecht went away to college, very successful. Even his last year or two in college, he started doing some paintings and they started selling. He was very, very good. And after four years, he came home and they had a dinner to celebrate. And in the middle of the dinner, Albrecht said to Albert, now's your turn, now's your turn. You worked in the mines four years so I could go to college. Now's your turn. And Albert started crying uncontrollably. And he started saying, No, no, no. And he said, Why, brother? He said, You don't understand. For four years, I've worked in the mines. Every bone in my fingers has been broken. I have arthritis in my right hand so bad that I cannot hold a glass. There's no way I can go to college. There's no way I can ever become an artist. And then he dropped his head and he closed his hands and started praying. And Albrecht got an image of those hands. And that's the painting, The Praying Hands. It's a reminder of the love and sacrifice that one brother had for another brother. Folks, it's a reminder to every one of us that we need each other. We need each other. Life is better together, and we need each other. But one area that we need each other is we need each other in prayer. See, the Bible says in James 5 and 16, confess your faults one to another. (laughs) Got to begin by recognizing them, amen? Confess your faults one to another and pray one for another that she might be healed. Confess your faults one to another and pray one for another that she might be healed. Now, here's what's interesting. God tells us to pray for one another, but then he gives us handles. And what I mean by handles, God tells us what we ought to pray for each other. What Paul said, he was praying for the church at Colossae. They were having problems. By the way, Paul had never been to Colossae, and he never did go to Colossae. I'm grateful, folks. Sometimes we can't necessarily go to places when when they're out of our reach physically. They're not out of our prayers. And we can pray. Paul said, these five things, you're to pray. So I want to say to the wives, These are five good things to pray for your husband. For your husband, these are five things to pray for your wife. These are things to pray for a close friend. These are things to pray for your children. You say, why why should I be praying for somebody? I want to give you five things that are not my, it's not my philosophy. It's just right out of the Bible that you ought to be praying. You ought to be praying. Number one, God said, you pray God's will for them. You pray God's will. It's in verse 9. Look what it says. That they might be filled with the knowledge of his will. That they might be filled with the knowledge of his will. Now, let me say something. You know what the universal will of God is? It's for you and for you and you and it's for me. Second Peter 3 and 9. The Lord is not slack concerning his promises as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to usward, not willing that any should perish, but that all would come into repentance. See, there's nobody predestined for hell and somebody else predestined for heaven. There's nobody, this is a good person, so they get to go to heaven, and this is a bad person, so they get to go to hell. No, 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 folks. It's the perfect will of God for every person to become a Christian. It's the will of God for every person to come to know Christ. If you're here today and you're a mom, you're listening to me, and you're a mother, and there's a baby in your womb, you ought to be praying right now that that baby would become a Christian because it's the perfect will of God for that baby to become a Christian. It's the will of God. God loves people so much. It's his will for every person to become a Christian. There's a man that I've read a lot after. He's kind of my prayer hero. His name's George Mueller. Now, George didn't look like much. But George was a wonderful, wonderful, godly man. This man cared for over 100,000 orphans. This man started 117 orphanages. This man kept a prayer journal. And I would encourage you folks to keep a prayer journal. Some days just pray vocally, but some days just write your prayer. It's a wonderful thing to keep a prayer journal because you can look back and see how God's answered your prayer. It's wonderful to keep a prayer journal. I would challenge you. And this man kept prayer journals, and after he died, they got all of his prayer journals, and they found out there was 50,000 recorded instances of where God answered his prayer. What was his secret? Mueller said this. He said every need he had, he'd find a Bible verse and he'd put his finger on that Bible verse and he'd claim that promise and he'd pray that promise and he'd say, God, this is a need. If you've got a lost person, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved in thy house. He said, I'd claim that promise and he'd pray. But Mueller got saved. And he had five friends that didn't know Christ. And he started praying for them. Within months, one of them came to know Christ. Within 10 years, two of them came to know Christ. 25 years later, the fourth one came to know Christ. And 52 years later, at Mueller's funeral, the last one came to know Christ. I'm saying to you today, you want to know what God wants you to pray for people? Pray God's will for them. Pray God's will for your children. God's will is the safest place that your children can be. Now, there's the second thing that he told us to pray. He said, Pray a godly walk for them. Look what verse 10 says it says that they might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing. Pray that they walk worthy of the Lord. See, folks, it's not enough just to come to know Christ. We need to walk worthy of the Lord. We need to walk worthy of the Lord. Not one time in the Bible, the word Christian is only three times in the Bible, and not one time in the Bible did a person call themselves a Christian. It was always somebody else who looked at them and called them a Christian. And the reason why they looked at them and called them a Christian is because they walked worthy of the Lord. And the only way you can walk worthy of the Lord, according to Galatians 5 and 16, is to walk in the Spirit. See, I want to say something to you folks. What 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 I've learned about many, many people, they just want fire insurance. They just want to pray a prayer. They just want to know they're not going to hell. But God wants you to have more than fire insurance. God is not just interested in getting you out of hell. God is interested in getting the hell out of you. You okay? God wants us to walk worthy. See, I'm tired of this. I'm just being transparent, folks. I'm tired of this. We have to look like the world, act like the world, dress like the world, be like the world to reach the world. No, no, no. We're not going to make a difference until we are different. We are in this world. We are in this world in contact. But we ought to not be in this world in conduct because God has made us different people. And let me tell you something. We ought to pray a godly walk for them. A godly walk for them. We want our children to be different. We want our marriages to be different. We want our relationships to be different. All oh, folks, you say, you won't draw a crowd preaching like this. I could care less. We ought to pray a godly walk on people that we're different, that they look at us and they see something different about us. And when they see something different, they'll desire it. Let me tell you the third thing. We ought to pray they discover their gift and use it. <laughs> Look what verse 10 says. That you might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work. Here's what I want you to understand. You're a gifted child. You're gifted. Oh, listen, you're, you're in the gifted class, by the way. Yeah, yeah you're in the gifted class. Because God, First Peter 4 and 10 says, as every man hath received a gift. You're a gifted person, and God's got a work for you to do. And now listen, it's not just preaching. It's not just leading worship. Oh, those are a couple things. But folks, there's many things. I believe that Christians ought to be making an impact in every arena. In every arena, you said, Pastor, should Christians should Christians uh, uh, be in politics? Why well, Christians should have never gotten out of politics. Christians ought to control politics. If we had godly people in the political arena, we'd have a different country, folks. <laughs> Christians Christians ought to be light, and they ought to be salt in every arena. We ought to find out where we're gifted, and we ought to use that. Because look what John says. Herein is my father glorified that she bear much fruit. He said, Pastor, I don't know what I'm supposed to be. I do. You're supposed to be a fruit bear. You're supposed to be a fruit bear. What what am I supposed to do? I'm supposed to produce fruit. I'm supposed to. I, I got to stay connected to the vine. If I stay connected to the vine, I'm a branch. I'll produce fruit in my life. Oh, folks, you can see fruit being produced, amen? Oh, you can you see the fruit. When the fruit's being produced, you can see it. And you ought to be a fruit bearer and ought to be a fruit bearer. But I'll tell you what, if we're not awful careful, we'll just be a fruit consumer. All we'll do is consume. We don't do anything, but we just consume. And our favorite song is, I should not be moved. (laughs) And we're not using our gift. And we're not using our giftedness. And all we are is just a fruit consumer. We come to church, check it off, thank pastor Arda, burp us at the back door. (laughs) Fruit consumer. But I'll tell you worse than that, we're not careful. We'll be a fruit inspector. We'll be a fruit inspector. <laughs> I, I, I don't like how they do that. I don't know why he does that. He gets on my nerves when he gets so loud. <laughs> Jesus never jumped around and popped around and got loud like he does. But everybody he touched did, by the way, amen. Amen. <laughs> Just fruit inspectors. Why, goodness gracious, it's 15 to 12. He's barely into the message. The Baptists have beat us to Buckner, sure as everything. Won't be able to go to the restaurant I wanted to. The line's too long because our preacher preaches forever. And that music, blow me down. I know the words to none of it. What happened to Amazing Grace? We're just inspectors. And, and you know, I've got one worse than that. If you're not over careful, there's, you become a fruit fly. Somebody says, I don't even know what a fruit fly, I, I'll tell you what, a fruit fly is always around a stink. <laughs> a fruit fly is a drama mama, amen? Amen. When Jesus said, when Jesus said, Wilt thou be made whole, what he was saying, do you really want to get better? Because this is what I've learned. A lot of people don't want it to get better. They don't want their situation to get better. They don't want the problem to get better because once it gets better, they don't get all the drama. They don't want it fixed because then the drama's gonna go away. But as long as there's a problem, the drama's gonna be there. And a lot of you are trying to fix people that give, let me give you a news flash, they don't wanna be fixed. I don't know who I'm preaching to, but it feels so good. You can't fix them, they don't wanna be fixed. See, Lordy mercy, folks. I've dealt with the fruit consumers. I've dealt with the fruit inspectors. I've dealt with the fruit flies. Hey, come up real close. I've been at one church 30 years. I've dealt with fruit loops. (laughs) All right, let's move. (laughs) Okay, number four. Pray they have a growing relationship. Pray they have a growing relationship. Let me, let me just say this. Look, look here, folks, what the Bible says. That they might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work, and increasing in the knowledge of God. Let, let me give you some verses right quick. I'll try to pop them off right quick. 1 Peter 2 and 2. As newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word that you might grow thereby. 2 Peter 3 and 18, but grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. 1 Corinthians 13 and 11, when I was a child, I spake as a child, I thought as a child, I understood as a child, but when I became a man, I put away childish things. Right. See, there's four stages that God's going to take you through. First of all is the give me, give me stage. The give me stage is a baby. Mine, mine, mine. Mine, mine, mine. Give me, my, 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 my. The second stage is use me. God, I want to be used. I I, want to use my gift. The third stage is make me. Make me. Remember that prodigal son, remember when he left, he said, give me. But when he came back home, he said, make me. Make me. I want to be conformed to the image of your son. And then lastly, (laughs) search me. Psalms 139. Search me. There's a a fifth thing that we ought to pray. Pray for them to be grateful. Pray for them to be grateful. Look what verse 12 says. Giving thanks unto the Father. I love to study preachers from days gone by. Somebody said, Pastor, who do you read after? Most of the people I read after are dead. RA Tory was a preacher from days gone by. And RA Tory was up preaching. And he was telling a story about a ship, a steamship that capsided in Lake Michigan in the winter in that cold water that ship capsized. People were in the water and they were freezing to death. And there was a student, Edward Spencer. He was telling this story Edward Spencer saw the ship capsized. He saw the people in the freezing water. And Edward Spencer, for six hours, swam and saved 17 lives. Now, wait. R.A. Torrey was telling this story while preaching. And somebody said to R.A. Torrey, just like I'm preaching today, Edward Spencer is in the service, Brother Tory. He said, oh, have him come to the platform. He comes up on the platform and he says, Mr. Spencer, is it true that you swam and saved 17 lives? He said, yes. You eventually just collapsed. You passed out eventually. He said, yes. Six hours nonstop in those freezing waters. He said, yes. He said, well, what is the most significant thing about that experience and edward spencer said not one of them said thank you not one of them said thank you you know what takes care of most the problems in my life when i do a checkup from the neck up and i get rid of the stinking thinking And instead of having an attitude of how bad I've been done and how I'm a victim, if I can get an attitude of how good God's been to me, if I can get an attitude of thankfulness, I've learned, folks, it takes care of most of the problems in my life. When I, when I don't focus on what I don't have and I focus on what I do have and I thank God for what I do have and I thank God for the blessings he's given me, when I realize from the day of my birth to the ride in the hearse, things are never so bad that they couldn't be worse, when I thank God and I praise God, folks, I find that life is good, so, when we're going to pray for people, Paul said, you pray that they'll be grateful. Now, listen, folks, we need one another. We're launching life groups. I want to challenge you. I want to challenge you. We have the brochures. I want to challenge you. September the 8th, get signed up being a life group. Everybody needs a life group. And the reason why it's so important, one of the things we do is we take prayer requests and we pray for one another. I can't take prayer requests in here today, but you can in a small group. I love what Oswald Chambers said. He said, no one has time to pray. We have to take time from other things that are valuable in order to understand how necessary prayer is. I don't know that I totally understand this, folks, but when we get to heaven, when we get to heaven, there're going to be praise and they're going to be worship. The angelic host, we're going to be praising. I, I really believe it's going to be incredible. And you can read about it in the Bible, how people kneel before the throne of God and we just all worship God. And all the emphasis is on him. No no churches, no denominations. The emphasis is on him. You can read about it through seven chapters. But the Bible says something amidst all this worship. It says in Revelation chapter 8, get this, folks, there was silence for 30 minutes. Now, one preacher said, That scripture proves there'll be no women in heaven. I don't believe that. Because if that's true, I won't make it, amen? (laughs) But here's what I want you to see. All this praise and worship, and then there's silence in heaven because it says an angel brings a golden censer, and incense is burned before the throne of God, and that smoke comes up, wait, which is the prayers of God's people. So apparently God says this, stop everything. Prayers are coming up right now. Stop everything. Prayers are coming up right now. See, I'm not trying to guilt you folks, but your prayers, your prayers may determine the eternity and destiny of somebody. My prayers and your prayers may determine somebody's destiny and they may determine somebody's eternity. It's that important. Your prayers, my prayers are that important. This week I was reading Acts chapter 12. I was just studying it. And in Acts chapter 12, verse 5, it says Peter was in prison and the church prayed. And the church prayed. And God miraculously delivered Peter. But I noticed something in Acts 5 they didn't pray for James and he was killed apparently prayer makes all the difference two boys up uh, went away to college and Their dad was a farmer, and they got down to their last dime. Their dad had been sending them money the end of the month, and they got down to their last dime, and they didn't know what to do. And they took that dime, true story, and they put it in a phone, and they called mama. And they said, mama, we're here in college. Daddy's been sending us money. But we're down to our last dime. Mama, we're hungry. She said your daddy's got sick. He's been in bed. Doesn't have any money to send you boys. But she said you hold that phone. And let's pray. That mama true story. That mama started praying. God, my boys are hungry. God, you said the righteous would never be forsaken, their seed won't be begging bread. God, you said you'd meet the need. Boy, she prayed. Then she finished, Amen. Hung the foam up. When she hung the foam up, then boys said, seventy-two dimes. (laughs) <laughs> True story. 72 dimes came out of the phone. Now, they, they were better boys than I was. So they called the phone company. And the phone company said, since it's just 72 dimes, $7.20, don't worry about it, you can keep it. And they took those dimes and they went down to a, Little place, a little store and they started buying them some food and they pulled out the dimes and they was paying for the food and the owner of the store came up to those boys and said what's going on and they said well they told him the story How he was down to nothing they took their last dime and he said boys let me tell you something I need two workers in the back True story. <laughs> I need two workers in the back. Would you boys like a job? They said, well, we'd like a job. He said, you can work around your college. Yeah, we'd like a job. Now, here's the, here's the end of the story, folks. Both of those boys became very successful, multi-millionaires. Both of them said, to this day, We got a dime taped on our desk. And it's a reminder to us. When we're down to our last dime, we can call on God. (laughs) Let me tell you something, folks. when When your back is against the wall, you can call on God. Amen? When you don't know what you can do, you can pray. And God can move mountains. God can move mountains. Friend, I trust the message today has spoken to your heart. And if you've never accepted Christ as your personal Savior, I want to challenge you to do that today. It's the greatest decision you'll ever make. And I've often said it's as simple as ABC. A stands for acknowledge. You've got to acknowledge that you're a sinner. B stands for believe. You've got to believe that Christ and His blood was shed on the cross for your sin. And then see, you simply must confess your sins to Him. I want to encourage you right now to repeat a simple prayer with me. I'll pray the prayer, you repeat it with me if you'd like to accept Christ as your personal Savior. Lord Jesus, I'm a sinner. But God, I'm sorry for sin I'm so sorry I want to change I believe that you died for my sin and I confess my sin to you right now come into my heart Lord and forgive me of all my sin now thank you Lord for forgiving me thank you for coming in to my life amen friend congratulations on the greatest decision That you'll ever make And I want you to know This decision is not based on how you feel right now Because God's not a feeling He's a fact This decision is based on the fact That you have done What God's word Says you must do To have eternal life So congratulations On the greatest decision you'll ever make And thank you For being with us today God bless you